Hi, I'm Tim Zacharias with Cougar USA and the host of Building Value. We are in Katy, Texas today at the No Label Brewery Tap House. Very nice setting here. And I'm joined by Tom Painter and Garrett Hart with No Label and Hart Plumbing. Gentlemen, thank you for having me out here today. Thanks for having Thank us. You. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for coming to visit us. So very excited about today's episode. We're going to be tasting and talking about some of the beers from No Label Brewery, as well as talking about heart plumbing, history, and the family uh, environment between the two companies. On Building Value, we go behind the scenes of building operations to showcase the people and products that make buildings work and the value they bring to the community. Garrett, can you tell me a little bit about where you grew up? I grew up, born and raised in uh, Sugarland, Texas, my whole life. The nice. only time I left there was uh, when I went to Baylor. For, moved to Waco for four years. Hence the, the green and gold yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I got to root for my team. Hey, on the, I picked I, uh, I picked Baylor to win in my bracket. So it's good. So yeah. I, I did undergrad at Baylor and I did my MBA at U of H. So I really have a conflicting thing going on on Saturday. But yeah. Either way, I'll have somebody to root for in the big game. Well, yeah. Either way, you win. So <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty solid setup. So. Nice. Tom, what about you? Where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up a mile away from him. Okay. Uh, uh, Sugarland, Texas. He grew up on one side of the railroad tracks. I grew up on the other side. Uh, with, my, yeah. So. With, with the actual sugar mill right in between our houses. Okay. Right. Nice. Yeah. So, and we both went to the same, um, uh, our parents sent us to like private school. The, uh, my, my parents sent me to the only school that we could afford. Uh, Garrett's parents just sent him to the cheapest one. <laughs> the, uh, this is the, 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 the way it was. And, and so we kind of just met in the middle. Nice. Uh, and been kind of friends ever since. And now it's like, uh, you know, I'm, I just turned 38. And I'm like, I'm like, good Lord. Like, I'll get in fights with him about stuff that happened. Like, he'll be like, that was 20 years ago, dude. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and 20 years ago means... The year 2000, not 1980, which is weird. where my yeah. head goes, yeah. right? If you're yeah. born in the year 2000, you can buy alcohol now. Yeah, that that doesn't seem right. Yeah, not yeah. at all. Yeah, I saw I saw a meme that was like, it was uh, you know all these memes about 90s kids. That's for us would have been about 60s kids. Yeah, I'm like, man, that that really started to kind of hit home a little it's bit. Weird. <laughs> it's like I didn't try not to think about it. I know, right? So you guys grew up together, kind of maybe diverged a little bit after high school. How did you kind of reconnect and, and end up where we are here with No Label? Um, well, so so Garrett, he when he, um, got a bachelor's at Baylor and then he got a, a master's in um, finance over at U of H. Myself, I just went, dropped out of college, started doing marketing, like freelance, on my, like on my own, started working with breweries around town and then just self-freelance marketing, yada, yada, yada. Very like, I'm I'm always going like big picture, mm -hmm. going crazy, and and, Gar and Garrett's always like, let's just rein this in a little mm -hmm. bit where it'll make sense. Um, and when he took over the construction company, the heart plumbing was had always done terrific work, but there was also but Garrett also wanted like you know more jobs, like better like modernize the company. Sure. And uh, so I had, I had done some of that with. Uh, other companies are similar, like trucking logistic company and stuff like that. So uh, come into heart, but once I come, came into heart, it was like, hey, but all these breweries, you know, there's an opportunity. Like we were looking at it, all these breweries are just because well, so craft breweries were first getting going. Yeah, sure. Because because like ten years ago, there were uh, 
No Labels the third and oldest brewery in Houston. And, um, and that was 10 years ago. And now there's 65 breweries in Houston. Yep. That's, that's crazy explosion. Yeah. And so we wanted to, to kind of get in, into that. We, were, we tried to look into actually starting our own brewery. And then... Um, we wanted to start one in Sugarland. Yeah. And there still okay. isn't one in Sugarland. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, there was a... Like, we talked to the guys at Fort Bend Brewing at one point uh, before they went under, trying to buy their equipment. And uh, Garrett made him an offer. He was like, I'll just buy your equipment. <laughs> like, and he's like, what? What about the brewery? And Garrett's like, oh, the brewery isn't worth anything. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, get out of my office. And like, Garrett's like, I'm just telling you how's it. But then uh, so we knew the guys are here at No Label, and they're very community-driven. And part of the whole thing is, like, it had to make sense for Heart Plumbing because Heart Plumbing, we do all this multifamily construction. We're building, the, we're building communities, like, from the ground up, but also we have customers that – we we have to adhere to so that kind of needs to make sense. Like sure. The brewery has to because they can't think that you know we're like a bunch of party animals or yada yada yada. And so no label what it was it was fa- it's family friendly it's pet friendly it's community driven. Yep. Uh, so it there's opportunity to invest and we started as small investors but then Garrett kind of kept on using used his knowledge and heart plumbing resources to kind of help no label and then as we kept on doing that investors. You start as an investor, and then we could um, gain more equity. And then one day I went to a board meeting, and they elected me president. And then nice. Uh, what was that? It's like, yeah. damn it! Now I'm president of two places. Double, yeah. double the stress. So, so yeah. you know, I was, I was talking to you before about how basically, in order to kind of make that work, you know, Garrett essentially is outcasting me to No Label Island. It was like because of, you know there there are worse places to be stranded for sure. Yes, <laughs> Tom does work for the brewery and he does work for Hart Plumbing, but he kind of manages this place for me since Hart Plumbing is pretty busy right now. It takes a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> but because we have that long, long ass fr- uh, friendship, um, you know, brothers really. The uh, it's, it's there's it's good trust, good communication, and and, and, every, and everything is real. Real easy. And it's like, what would Garrett say in this situation? Well, Garrett's going to be five minutes late, and he's going to tell you the, you know. The, but, so. <laughs> <laughs> Only five, though. Never ten. You know, I, I like being in this industry. It is that the demanding and the kind of that 24-7 feel. But at the end of the day, there's tangible results, right? You can drive around town and be proud of kind of that stamp that you I do put that on every a, time I drive yeah. around with my family. I'm like, Daddy built those. Daddy built those. Daddy built these. And my kids are like, we don't care. Yep. <laughs> Exactly <laughs> to the same car ride, and and the, my, I can see my I can feel the eye roll from the wife, you know, like oh, this again, really. And my son's young enough right now where he's like, "Oh, daddy, you have pumps in that building." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, buddy." And, but I'm sure in a couple of years he's gonna be like, oh, "I know, dad." Yeah, if you're driving around with Garrett, Garrett will he'll and he sees a, a complex that he like whether he didn't get it or he didn't know it existed. Oh. You know, we we may go out, get off the freeway and be like, what the f- you know what the who <laughs> who like and and you know all of a sudden it's like oh no Darren's gonna get an email or someone's gonna get like 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 what the hell just happened? I'm gonna pull over and see what GC it was when it started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do we miss this one? <laughs> I know the feeling. I know the feeling. We kind of joke. It's like, well, if we lost the job, you know, we just look at that as a future retrofit, right? Eventually, that equipment's gonna break. We'll we'll get into the second bite. Well, it's funny, like. We'll see like builders' names like one year and be like, "Who the hell is like a couple years back? Like, who the hell is Wood Partners? What, what's a Wood Partner now? One of the, our top customers, or, you know." But like, 
because there's all these builders. I'm like, who are they from? Where, where do they, you know, oh, they just opened their Houston office or blah, 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 blah. Yeah, definitely, definitely a hot market, uh, multifamily in Houston. I could see a lot of new, new people coming in, Lots, uh, yeah. not just from California, right? Yeah. <laughs> kind of from all over. There's a lot of Californians coming in. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, our head brewer came from California. Yeah. Oh, the great California migration is kind of paying off for us. The, there you uh, go. But it's, so, yeah, Hart, we operate, of course, Dallas and, and Houston, and then we're, 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 we're looking to head out west. But it's crazy because the, consistently the, the top multifamily markets in America are it's Dallas, Houston, Austin. Like, yep. and, and so with one company doing a bulk of the work, like we'll, we'll meet you know, vendors across you know, and just kind of like say, you guys represent this chunk of like, like yep. plumbing in America. And like, that stuff's wild. Yeah. Like, Morrison Supply, who operate globally, would be like, yeah, you're one of our number one, like, accounts. It's like, huh? Nice. <laughs> so you're picking up dinner? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got you lunch. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Whataburger's on me. That's awesome. <laughs> so you mentioned your head brewer came over from California, and we've got a little kind of mini yes. flight here. We, of, we need to get started. Of, of, our, <laughs> oh, yeah. of our beers, and I appreciate the... Uh, the, the, some of the lighter selections here. I'm not as uh, oh, crazy. They, they can't be deceiving. This light selection here is it, 12.5%. Okay. Well, maybe, yeah. Maybe <laughs> I don't know what I'm getting into. <laughs> no, no. So I, I, I everything love. here is pretty light. Everything here is between 5 and 6 on yeah. the table. So. Okay. So I, I love beer, but I, I don't know a lot about beer and the hops and all of this. And so I'm uh, a bit of a rookie, but I love drinking and tasting beer. So I'm looking forward to, to getting into these. So well, all I, that's important is how it tastes to you. Sure. So I think left to right here we've got the 1980 Kolsch, yep, El Hefe, hitters, hitters, and right. then Brew of H. So of when H. people come to the brewery and they're like, "I've never been to a craft brewery. I only drink Miller Lite," we give them the 1980. That's yeah. yep. That or uh, I had uh, Gillies earlier. That one was really good. That's good. Yeah. yeah, that's actually the original Gillies recipe. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a solid can too. Yeah, we yeah. just got that new label in like a month ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh yeah they they uh. The the guy lives in uh in, in Pasadena near, near mm-hmm. where the old Gillies Bar used to be, the uh and yeah we uh contract brew for him and like so um, it's been a good relationship we've been doing it since before Gary and I were involved so and we just kind of uh, rekindled the romance so there should be more Gillies kind of coming everyone's way soon nice. Uh, especially with, you know, the world opening back up and rodeos finally coming back on. It's the perfect time for it. Absolutely. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about the, uh, the 1980 here? Uh, the 1980, uh, it's our number two selling beer. Um, it is, uh, actually, I should say that's number three now. Side has just uh, took it over. But it's, uh, it's light. It's refreshing. It's a Kolsch. Um, our, it's delicious. Our brewer, it's gone through probably two or three tweaks every time, you know, the, our, our we had a brewer before the brewer we had now. He tweeted it twice, and then Ryan Trailer came in. He's like, hmm, let's adjust the yeast on this. Let's, let's change up some properties. And now the, the beer is better, better than ever. It's 5%. Knock it back. That's a good easy-drinking beer. Yep. If I go fishing, that's usually what I bring with me. It is, it is my go-to. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is a great beer. Yeah. When you're stuck around the brewery um, and when you're doing things like this, like it's like oh, I'm gonna be here for a few hours. I need I need a beer that I can consistently like. I need to have a beer in my hand, but I I don't need to have that beer. That beer, yeah. this hipster pocket double beer. So that yes. would uh, that would that would sneak up on you. Twelve and a half percent. Our our head brewer he has a 
he has a gift for making deceptively uh, strong beers. It doesn't taste. They don't <laughs> taste strong. They don't taste strong. Eight percent, ten percent. That'll get you. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, you, you just made, you just made Rufalin. You made Rufalin the drink. <laughs> and uh, branding on that one's gonna be a little tough. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a. Uh, but the brewers back there, they're always coming up with just like, you know, the, the most extreme, raunchy, like, it's like, we'll call it this. And it's like, no. Can't put that you on can't, a can. Can't sell that. <laughs> we cannot market that. That cannot be on an ATB shelf. <laughs> it's like, it's like we're, sti- we're still family friendly. It's like, but what if we weren't? But we are. <laughs> no okay. label after dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if we only sell it at the brewery? There you go. In the brew house, yeah. <laughs> when the, with the lights off. <laughs> There's a speakeasy entrance around back that you have to, yeah. you have to know about. There's got to be some breweries around the country that have done something like that, where they have like a, a different type of atmosphere or something where you sell high BV beers, raunchy names, different, you know. Yeah. I think you're on something there. Yeah. This is a good beer. I like this one a lot. So is it, you mentioned HEB, or you can find... No label and distribution as well. Not oh, just yeah. here. All yeah. across the state of Texas. H-E-B, Specs, Total Wine, Kroger. Yeah. Awesome. A bunch of different places. Any place where you can find beer. Any, is it a different or more limited selection than what you have here in the tap room? Well, yes. we have like 30 beers on tap over there. Yeah. Right. 30 it's, different it's kinds of beer. It's quite a few over there, yeah. So we have, um, at any given time, we, so we have four cores that we, that we make year-round. And at any given place, anyone, people will have between two and four. Okay. But then we also have uh, we have quarterly seasonal releases, and then we'll have like uh, every six weeks we'll have a release on top of that. So basically, we have wow. At any given time, there's kind of probably two random beers in the market. Okay. Um, right now, you can find Don Jalapeno, uh, which is a pale ale that we smoked with our partners at Blood Brothers that we're also invested in. The um, her uh, local barbecue place make delicious barbecue. Yeah, really and they, good barbecue. We smoke the peppers. We throw in the boil. Oh, that sounds like great. Make, like make this pale ale with it has just enough heat. It's not real hot. Uh, and then also Cali Boy, our West Coast IPA. That was the signature beer by our new brewer. It's a West Coast IPA. Seven point one percent. The uh, it is entering the market right now too. So awesome. It's it, uh, it is my new favorite beer. Yeah, it it's is really good. It's it's a good time to be. Us, it's a good time to be a consumer. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the alcohol has not uh, gone down. Alcohol consumption has not no. gone down as a result no. of COVID at all. Yeah, uh, thank goodness we do have distribution because we were shut down for months when COVID started. Yeah. And this place, on the weekend when the weather's nice, it's just there's a thousand people here. Yeah. So losing that sales, it really hurt us Definitely. last year. But we're very happy to be open now. Yeah, yeah, and it's an outside environment, and yeah, you know, it's very it's open. Very, it's very open and spread out. Yeah, it's we safe. got a lot of room here. Yeah, yeah, definitely been been out here on on some weekends and and hung out actually, kind of right in here, right inside, and you know, great to have the kids run around and yeah, be able to hang out. And I didn't yeah. know you've been here before. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. So we've got uh, the next one here is El Jefe. El Jefe like, like is um, it's the boss. It's yeah. our number one seller. Yeah, it's, it's a great beer. By it's our number one yeah, seller by a a healthy, healthy, healthy margin. Yep, it keeps the lights on. Yep, I've, <laughs> I've got a buddy that uh, his name's Sean Dugan. Give him a little shout out. He he drank Coors Light basically forever, and then got on El Jefe, and this, like this is all he drinks now. It so. is. Um, yeah, it's it's it is a even solid five percent. 
um, delicious Hefeweizen. When our head brewer came came here, he's like, oh, he wanted to tweak some recipes and stuff like that. And I was like, he's like, you can tweak whatever you want. But you still touch that you, you stay your <laughs> filthy California hands away from that, uh, <laughs> like, from that Hefeweizen. There you go. <laughs> Don't California my El Hefe. <laughs> good and um yeah but it's like yeah it's our number one selling beer by a landslide so uh yeah and we just we just gave her a nice rebrand this past year so got a new label refresh yeah she uh she needed it yeah so so what, what is the the origin of the name no label i can tell you it's uh it's uh it's it's uh, so Brian Royo, Brian and Jennifer Royo, the, the guys who founded it, they're U, U of H alums themselves. They uh, they basically one day he's he went, he was a home brewer. He wanted to start up a brewery, and he was ripping the label off of a, of, of a beer bottle, and it just kind of looked up and was like, we should just call it no like just no label because no label yada yada yada. And Brian t- told the story, and his wife was like, she's always like, tell Brian, tell that great story, and. He's telling me this, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, yeah. And I went to the wind, and it was just like no label brewing. When I think when, when Gary and I kind of took over, a lot of in the creative, um, in terms of like, like our labels, and in terms of kind of the atmosphere, was uh, like we have different artists that sign different labels. Mm-hmm. Like the the beer styles uh, are kind of all over the place, and the the no label for us is not being locked into a box. Um, because th- when we took over, like uh, No Label had been going on seven years, and you know the the previous owners that, that had done a great job kind of creating creating the brand, but then like in a very competitive market, it was getting very tired. Um, but yeah, back then you could have good liquid and be successful. Now you can have good liquid, but there's 57 other breweries that yep. you know also put out Super pretty good beer. So you're gonna have something that really stands out on the shelf. Yeah. So you can have constantly making new beers, constantly refreshing your labels, making everything look look sexy again. <laughs> yeah, well, it's true, and I, I the I love that all the the marketing and you know the uh, all the. Uh, That's an cans. especially good one there. Yeah, yeah this, this is a very handsome <laughs> man on that label. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I see the resemblance. Yeah, it's awesome. But the 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 branding and the, and the cans, everything on the craft beer. I mean, y'all's y'all's branding is great, but it is awesome to see. You know all of that when you go to the the store and see yeah. you know all that all that branding and everything it's it's fun yeah and everyone's got their own kind of style mm-hmm. and and for us so yeah I was circling back the uh, we had we had been kind of we were getting kind of locked in a box of no label is X Y Z like kind of basic beers and uh, and very generic in terms of everything and so we just kind of like our creative is through the roof at the moment, you know, yeah. uh, not to pat ourselves on the back too, like, like too, but like, but you can see it when you walk around. It's I mean, you Tom's can see department. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we're really working on that raise. We, uh, we won a <laughs> national marketing award last year, so that's pretty good. I was uh, like, like, what was it called? We won the Echoes national craft beer marketing award. It was nice. awesome because there's a, there's a brewery in New York that we go, that we go to like whenever we're up there called the other half. And like, I love that place. And like, so like, they were one of the winners, and we were one of the winners. I'm like, oh, look at that. Look at that. You know? Nice. It's, uh, it's nice to, you know, it makes yeah. it look. It's like, oh, I'm doing something right. To Click be recognized the by the industry, sure. That's awesome. But uh, still more work to do. But now it's like our, our liquid has, I mean, legitimately, it's never 
taste it as good as it does now. But like Ryan, uh, the first time he brewed, because so during the pandemic, at one point, like I'm in Garrett's office, and we're talking because everything's just everything's going to hell. And like, you just don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> there was just so much uncertainty when it, for, everything sure. first started. T- tap rooms closed. <coughs> we're operating drive-through. We uh, all the bars in Houston are closed, so we don't have any draft sales going on. There's a national can shortage, so we're about to run out yeah. of all our cans. We ran out of aluminum. Ran out of aluminum. It's crazy. Because every, every place, if they're, if they're closed, they're the same place we are. They have to use package. So there's yep. a huge demand on aluminum. And then, um, and then our, our former brewer, he was getting, like, super stressed out because of this situation. And also he was learning, learning to grow and to make a change. Mm-hmm. And so he put in his notice, and I was like, all right, Garrett, okay. So, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We have no bars to distribute to. Uh, we have no cans. The tap room's closed. And we don't have a head brewer. <laughs> I mean, great. these are. <laughs> it's the cartoon with the dog <laughs> in the fire, right? It's like, this is fine. This, this is, is fine. fine. We actually have a beer called This, this is, is Fine. fine. Yeah. There you go. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a boozy barley wine. It's our tribute to uh, 2020. That's perfect. It has our operations manager on the can. Yeah. yeah. And that's, he's that's the one perfect. sitting in that office going, yeah, this, <laughs> this is, is fine. fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. And, uh, but, but, uh, but then we <clears throat> kind of ran the hard six a little bit. We, we put out a, our branding guy made this great suggestion where he was like, you need to, how about just run a national ad to get it's like everyone's trying to get the hell out of wherever they are right now to come to texas run now go on all the like 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 the brew sites and run national job ads and like see let's see what you can get i bet you can get some really great people texas is exploding katie is exploding yeah and sure as shit uh ryan trailer from san diego california he's he's got tremendous amount of uh, brewing experience he's at south park he's at carl strauss um and he's He's won some GABF medals. Uh, he's he's fantastic, and so that's the next prize for us. It's like it's like it's like all right, it's time for the liquid to shine. Sure. And he's just been the first beer he had. He like he made like Cali Boy, and was just like test batch. And he's like, so you want to try the beer, dude? And I was like, yep. And I was like, mm-hmm, okay. Oh. He's like, oh, thank God. Uh, and, and he's like, what? He's like, I don't, you know, you just don't know. Uh, I mean, now we know. And every beer after that. And it was like, oh, it just wasn't a one shot. Oh, it just wasn't a two shot. And now it's like, no, he's good. Yeah. Like, he's like, it's like everything is, is solid on solid. It's awesome. Yeah. It's when great. I come here, that's pretty much all I drink is Cali Boy. Okay. I'll have to try that one. I'm, I'm, Adding, adding a, a mental list here. We'll just here add on to this the, flight, the, yeah, okay? Yeah. The, don't know how we, many We have more. a cot in the back. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know how many more flights I can do in one day. but This is the light flight, then we have the heavy flight coming out next. There we go. Hey. So this is the, the Hefe hitters. So this is, okay. this so is our Hefeweizen, but um, it's smells basically great. Uh, with tangerine. It is, um, it's modeled after um, a mimosa. Basically, a mimosa meets El Hefe. Uh, this is so uh, tailgate beer. We actually used to call it beer mosa. Yeah. It smells awesome. It smells really good. You this can, is a great you beer. You can smell the, the, the tangerine, the fruit. Yeah. This, this used to be like one of our go-tos before Ryan, like trailer came on. And then yeah, I mean, when I'm you know, waking up early to tailgate for a football game, mm-hmm. this no. would be a great it's a, yeah. it's a great breakfast beer. beer. Yeah. Yeah. Good, br- good breakfast beer. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, which, which is what it was d- designed for. So originally it was designed as a collab with, um, um, who are the, the there's, a, there's a breakfast joint like, like in town, like near us. Um, and uh, basically we were working with them and they 
we're talking about making a mimosa, brumosa with El Jefe, and then brumosa was born. But then we wanted to kind of hit that was it, what it was in the tap room. It was it was, it was brumosa, brumosa. The uh, but then we decided to take it to the next level, put it in the market, and then it became Houston Jefe Hitters, uh, year-round sports drinking beer. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, everyone we put on the label though left Houston this year. Mm. It was it's like the Madden curse. It's um gotcha. The Hefe Hitters curse. So yeah, let's not put Carlos Correa on there. <laughs> we put four players on, on the label and they're all gone. They're now. all they're all gone. And this was just last year. This is this is amazing. Hey, but it, you know, it is opening day. We had JJ Watt on I'm, there, of course. I'm uh for the Astros. I'm excited for this season. They they picked up some new players, new pitchers. We, yeah, we had Springer on the can. I'm uh yeah. Oh yeah, that's rough. I think my wife was more disappointed that Springer left than I was. Yeah. For, no more for, Springer dingers. For, complete, Springer. for completely different Harden. reasons. <laughs> she liked his home runs. <laughs> Just kidding. The Springer dingers. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. But I think it's going to be a good season uh, for the Astros. I'm really excited. My, my oldest son plays uh, is playing baseball right now. And so it's he's actually into watching the games and paying attention and uh, all of that. So it's yeah. fun. Yeah. That's cool. But, uh, yeah. I yeah, this is a good one. It's also because of the acidity, it actually raises the alcohol level up. So uh, it's okay. a, it's still under that 6%. But uh, but El Jefe, that's a, a solid 5. This is like a like 5.8. So, it, um, yeah. That's it's really it's good. F- it's funny how liquid works. <laughs> like, what happens in the – because there's a lot of stuff that is in theory. But then once they – Everything, once they start mashing everything and put everything in the boil, it's like, who knows what the alcohol is going to do. And then it's like it comes out. And then sometimes the brewer's like, holy shit, dude. It's like, it's, it, it went from like 5% to like, like 7.2. It's like, how the hell did that happen? I don't know, but that's the way it is. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's basically, and, I mean, a science experiment, right? I mean, yeah. you get a trial and error. And yeah. Or go head through brewers, the process. This yeah. is a scientist, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, we have microscopes in order to, like, you know, we yeah. have to, you know, we lab test stuff to make sure to, like, it's actually like safe to drink and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. like, there's so much of it's. It's so weird because you look at brewing because you know where it started like thousands and thousands of years ago, right? But like to what it is now, like we spent, they spent half the time on maintenance and like just <laughs> cleaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah just sure. cleaning, cleaning the tanks, making sure everything is pure and clean. Yeah, sure. yeah, 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 pure and clean, flushing water. They're 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 kind of like mini plumbers in their own right because they're doing a lot of pipe work back then. There's so much extra stuff that has almost nothing to do with brewing, brewing, but like it's it's just the nature of the beast. Our our um, Edward, he's almost here like seven days a week. We need to find we're, we're trying to find him some more help. He, he he's working he's working his he's working his butt off. But you know, I feel like they're extremely creative in, in some of the solutions that they yeah. come up with. I mean, we've we've worked with uh, some other breweries, like replacing random you know parts for pumps or other things, and you know, go out there and it's like, wow, you created your own cooling system out of glycol in a old AC unit or mm-hmm. something. It's like, okay, this is pretty cool. And then you know, my my buddy uh, Chris Brundratti's, uh he has the William Chris Vineyards, and like you're talking about the like all the testing and all this you go into their uh winery or the the barrel room with their aging stuff it looks like breaking bad in there with all the mm-hmm. <laughs> all this stuff it's like man what are y'all actually doing in here so there's two times during a year that we have a lull and it's very systematic across the board with all bars that basically uh, july 4th and then july until about labor day uh like we get a lull um where just things just drop down hmm. but then we get a lull um uh, basically Christmas, New Year's until 
end of February. Until the New Year's resolutions wear out? Um, I think it, it's it, – well – I'm going to be healthy this year. There, it's, it's like – January 4th. Yeah. Give me that beer. And I'm done. There's, there's, a, there's, there's a weather component to this, right? So Because sure. it's January, February, coldest time of the year. And Texans, we cannot stand open air cold. We can, we can do heat all day long. Hey, wear on shorts, put on a tank. We, we can dress less and sweat more. But, like, bundle up wind to cold, oof. Throw in yeah. some, throw in some uh, rain or, yeah. like, moisture, no, no bueno. So, yeah, no Jan- January, February, worst months out of the year. And then um, – but then, uh, but then during the summer, uh, not as bad, but there's still a dip. Some of that's just people probably licking their wounds, getting ready for school, and and summer or recovering from summer vacations, or recovering from Christmas vacations and spending and all that stuff. Sure, get back in. But it's 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 because we're invested in Blood Brothers and Lazy Oaks Beer Garden and Creekwood Grill. We we know that these things are very systematic across the board. Sure. The, like these dips, it's very interesting to see the, like the numbers. Like that's the January February dip, <laughs> like and that's that's the August September dip. I'm like, so, so which so which beer is this one? This is the this is the, the Bruvage Pale which features Garrett on a can. Yeah, yeah. I like very, it. Very sexy. Yeah, I'm, I'm digging this can glass. By the way, yes, yeah, so you just got to hand wash it. You can't put it in the dishwasher. Just FYI. Okay. It's, uh, but uh, it's uh, yeah, we were redesigning the Bruvage label. And at first it was very simple, and then uh, it's a typical situation for me. I go about 10, 12 beers in, or maybe a few margaritas, and it's like 11, midnight, something like that. And I just start. That's where the creative comes out. I really start, and I just fired, I fired this long message about like, to our graphic designer, I was like, listen, U of H campus, take out the U of H, put it in a no label, and you take Garrett, and you put you put his ass on a cougar. He's gonna ride around a cougar. He's gonna be drinking a beer, and like he's, he's fucking everyone up. He's riding around, it's like Braveheart, but crazy, and he's riding it. It's around campus. Like, put it on a label. We print it, and we'll be millionaires. Yada, yada, yada. That's my typical, it's like a long trend. And then, but then I woke up in the morning, or actually, no, days went by. And then Shannon, who was our designer, she uh, she was like, "All right, I got it." And I was like, "Got what?" Because I completely forgot that I sent her this message. And the uh, and like, and she's like, she's like "I don't, I don't think, it, I don't know if he looks right." I was like, "Who?" And she's like, and she's like, "What?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And she's like, "The label, what label?" And I was like, "Brew of Age." And I was like, "Send it to me." And then like, and she, it all and, came back. And then yes, and I was like, "Oh, that actually was a good idea." <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's definitely a unique label. Still waiting it's on awesome. the, the Baylor one. You know, I could ride like a grizzly bear around. There you somewhere. go. No, no, no. it's be a dead bear. The bear's dead. No. no. So so what is the the brew of age? You said it's a it's a pale ale. It's a pale ale. It's six uh, percent. It's good. It's um, yeah. So brew of age used to be a red IPA. It was going for that cougar. Okay. You've aged, get it. and and uh, unfortunately, the red IPA wasn't that good. Um, so when we had come in, it's just investors, still not owners, just investors. We're like, maybe you change it up and have like every year do different things. So they did a pale ale. Then the pale ale was delicious, and I was like, maybe stop changing it up and mm-hmm. just keep keep it as is. <laughs> Stick with this. Yep, this this is the winner. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's solid. I was with um, a. Um, we have a friend uh, named John Denman. He's a 
who I co-host a radio show with uh, on ESPN called uh, Drink of Ages. And he, uh, we were at Blood Brothers uh, a few weeks back, and it was like one of those Sundays where it's kind of licking our wounds from like, you know, a long week and just kind of like this long lunch, and very chill. And all of a sudden I was like, you want a brew of age? I was like, yeah, I get a brew of age. It was on tap and half one, have two. And the next thing I you know, it was like, we're six in. It's like, feeling really good. It's time to go home. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no, they're easy. Yeah. Like, they're easy. They have a good taste. It's, you know, they're not too light. So they kind of keep you, like, in terms of the, their feel, their mouth feel. So they, so they, so you're not going to be, like, slamming them, like, so fast. But, uh, yeah, it's a solid beer through and through. And it, it has a lot of flavor, but it doesn't have, like, a almost sometimes like this could have like a little bit of a bitter aftertaste or like kind of hang around in a bad way but it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't do that at no. all yeah it, it definitely makes you feel like you're drinking a uh, sessionable craft beer yeah 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 i like it yeah. it was uh, a good flight of lighter yeah. beers delicious and uh i mean Maybe maybe we need to go for the flight of heavy beers. Oh, yes. <laughs> 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 Randy's face. Randy's like, what? I could, uh, Randy just quit. Thanks, Garrett. <laughs> Damn it, not again. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. We'll get him back. But, you know, you, you talked about kind of uh, No Label and Hart being kind of a big family together, having a space, um, and, and being... The, the kind of the company is moving more and more together and the I, I i like the kind of that feel i mean we're obviously we're a family company as well and and uh can definitely appreciate that uh and having that that space to go to we were in a very similar situation when we had everybody remote and needed to get everybody kind of back together and and uh could feel yeah. the difference once we did so our our warehouse is kind of our go-to it's not nearly as cool as a brewery but uh well but i can definitely uh, definitely relate to the you to know the sentiment. our house is your house come on hey, you let's want. do it the, uh, hey this is great for me because it's <laughs> it's it's pretty close to my house okay it's gonna, it might be a little difficult to convince everybody they're a little further north but nah. they can just take 99 around they'll that's be no okay. problem yeah, they'll, they'll <laughs> take one of the out. loops yeah they'll figure it out. so so how you know gary can you talk a little bit about the the history of heart and how you got involved in kind of how it got to where it is yeah yeah heart is a it's an old business it's from the 60s um my grandfather was a plumber he was a master plumber um out of alabama okay my father's from alabama hey, um, it, it worked <laughs> <laughs> um so i'm a third generation master plumber nice um uh, my father used to do, uh, like, retail strip centers. Okay. He did grocery stores. He did all sorts of stuff. He did neighborhoods. And then he did an apartment complex back in, um, that was probably late 70s, early 80s. And that was just their niche that they found. Him and his brother worked together, my uncle. And they never did anything else once they did apartments. And there weren't a lot of plumbers that did just apartments back then. And there still aren't a ton. Right. <coughs> so... Heart Plumbing was established in the it was the sixties. Um, they uh, they ended up him and his br- brother ended up splitting back in the eighties. They had some little brotherly quarrel, <laughs> and so <laughs> they they did plumbing all up and down the East Coast um, from Texas all the way to like Maryland. Okay, all the way around, and 
he ended up staying, his brother ended up staying in Virginia. My dad came to Texas. He started Heart Plumbing Company of Texas, which was just him. And uh, I, I just, I grew up around it. Yeah. He put me in the field when I was like, God, I was like 14. So every June, July, and August, he Sucked. would put me on a, a plumbing <laughs> grounds. It was always grounds. So it was 135 degrees. I was in a ditch digging. with a shovel, yeah. digging, doing something. I, I trained on the backhoe, how to dig the ditches. I did all sorts of stuff. Everything from top out water pipe. Um, I did fixtures. I did everything. But I was, you know, like a teenager. And everybody was excited that it was summertime. And I was like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I worked in the field summers all the way high school through college. And then uh, I graduated Baylor. And my dad was like, just come come work in the office for a few months. Just come see if you like it. If you don't like it, you can go do something else. So he's like, I'll support you in whatever you want to do. And I was always, always good with numbers. So I was a finance major, real estate. And uh, I was like, okay, if you pay for my MBA, I will, I will come work for you all day. And then from 6 to 9, I drove from Sugarland to downtown mm-hmm. to U of H, which was an awful drive at 5 o'clock every yes. day. Awful. Yeah. Awful. And so I went to class from 6 to 9 for two years. And uh, I, just, I, never, I never left the office. Yeah. <laughs> hey. hey. That, was, that was 2007 to 2009. Um, in 2011, we, I started my heart plumbing. So and, and instead of just buying my father's business and having to go through that nightmare, um, uh, we started Heart Plumbing Southwest. Okay. So that was my business where I was the president of it. And uh, that's, that's been, it'll be 10 years this June. Oh, that I've been the, the head honcho at Heart Plumbing. It's gone by really fast. Yeah. It, the company's made so many, I mean, the company didn't have a logo before. When I started, it was, you know, 07 to 09 was the um, recession. Yeah. So it was the worst of the worst. We had like four, maybe six jobs at the most. And it was, it was awful. Yeah, it's rough time. In, yeah. Uh, and now family. we're doing, we, we stick between 40 to 50 active projects at a time. Wow. Before, like, his dad would operate, like, like 10, 12 would be, like... I think the max they got up to was, like, 15 or 18. That's incredible. And so to take take it where it is now, and, like, also, heart looks looks and sounds much different than, you know, like, we have a vice president now, right? We have, like, we have all these systems in place. Like, our accounting department is a department, you know? Like, like this is very... And you walk around heart jobs, and and they, they... When you took me on... Like, uh, just walk into his, like, jobs, and and it was like, all right. He's like, start branding this. I was like, well, where are your plumbers? He's like, they're out here. They're plumbing. And I was like, it's like what, how, how do you know who's who and whatever? <laughs> Everybody looks the same. They just got hard hats on and yeah, but we, safety jackets. We had, we had no branding. We had no sign. We had no identity, you know? Sure. The, uh, and that's also what, you know, um, developing kind of that culture and that, Pride, right? Yeah. Uh, we had a huge re- uh, employee retention problem. Like, people would come and go and come and go. And, you know, we that's not specific to y'all, though. I mean, or, you know, that we did. In general, I, I would say, construction like, in general has a problem, unfortunately. But, yeah. with, but we've with kind retention. of nixed that for the most part. It's I mean, gone down it, significantly. Like, like, yeah. But if you're able to get under control, I mean, well, in an industry where it's like so, pretty typical, so then that, I think that speaks a lot about your culture. There was a, a, a customer that, I, that kind of modeled a lot, a lot of the branding and yada yada after it's called Jetco they're, they're a logistics company trucking logistics this guy took it over cute similar to Hart um, 
grew up in the, in, in the industry, took it over, uh, but then they had a huge retention problem, and, and this guy brought in all these consultants and all these things. But the Cliff Notes version of it is investing in your employees, investing in company culture, by giving them a sense of pride and identity, that you're not just, because a company without a logo, a company without hanging out, without the, the swag and all that stuff, mm -hmm. like it's not just a hat, right? Like this is a sense like, these are who I work for. This sure. is just the name on a check. Um, this is the company that provides and, and yeah, that, all that stuff costs money. Um, but Garrett, you know, seeing, seeing the bigger picture of, you know, all that money that's put into it, yeah, the retention problem's been, it like, now it's, like, virtually non-existent. That's the, amazing. Um, and the company's, like, four times larger than it has been. We're in markets that we haven't been in. The, in those markets, like, if, you know, we're in Dallas, DFW, so if Houston takes a few hits... Dallas, Dallas ultimately is like rising up. Sure. And then I, the idea is to give you some diversity. Yeah. Is to go into Austin and then have the trifecta where the, these are the top like markets in the country. But you know, if we don't get a job one, we have a job of the other. And just this, you know, heart brand means something. The, the company does. It's got a rich culture stretching back to like 1955. So it's um, yeah, it's three generations strong and. Yeah. And uh, probably a, a fourth one coming soon. You Maybe know? I don't know. There's a <laughs> it's impressive because it's you true. Know. Your son kind of eats poop, but right, but but one day he won't. It's, and it's uh, crayons. He eats crayons. <laughs> poop, poop colored crayons. But yeah, it's the numbers are are not in our favor as as kind of the that second and, and third generation, right? No, I mean, nobody so. wants to be a plumber, and I didn't necessarily want to be a plumber either, but. Um, you know, I got into it, and I met the people in the industry and kind of just fell in love with it and never looked back since. Yeah. I mean, I think it's about 50% of second-generation companies make yeah. it. Yeah. Less than 10% of third-generation companies make it. I think so, you lose your, your – um, yeah, because it's like a circle, right? The uh, And the circle breaks. Because yeah, if, yeah. you, if you lose track of where it all started, then all of a sudden it's like where it all come from. Sure. And, you know, it's, I think it's genius that uh, – you were able to cut a spin-off and start your own version without having to buy your dad out. I that would have uh, I would have liked to have heard that advice like maybe two years ago. Yeah, three years ago. I did. He, I had to, <laughs> no, the, 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 the state of that, so, uh, called me and they're they, actually they called my dad and they're like, this guy's trying to start a new business and it's kind of almost the same name as yours. And so I had to get permission from him to start Heart Plumbing Southwest when his his company is called Heart Plumbing Company of Texas. And then he also had Heart Plumbing Company of Denver and mm -hmm. Arizona and California. He had he worked in a bunch of different states back in the day. Yeah. But Texas wasn't near as busy then as it is now. Sure. Right? So, yeah, but I, I can definitely uh, relate to the kind of that drawback to the family business. Oh, yeah. And, we and talked to attorneys and accountants, and they're like, just start your own business. And new jobs go into your business, and his business just fizzles out when, when those contracts are completed. Yeah. And it worked out really well. Yeah, that, uh, that would have been simpler. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it, I've heard nightmare I, stories. But I, I, I joke. I mean, my dad and I have a great relationship, and and both have a great relationship with Scott, who you know we're all three business partners now, and it's. Uh, yeah, it would have been a harder situation for you probably to start a new business. Yeah, <laughs> no. when Sorry. it's just one person transferring to one person. Sorry, Scott. I'm gonna we'll see you later. But yeah. no, it's 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 worked out really well, and you know I've been, um, I I took about a year, kind of. Uh, 
after I graduated before I got back into the family business, but uh, been there since 2007. So, you know, it's a, a very similar feel and, and uh, definitely feel that kind of pride to keep it going and, uh, you know, feel that responsibility to, to well, keep that, that brand that going and, my the, dad's and the quality and everything. Point. So. He wasn't going to sell heart plumbing. And so he came to me and said, just try it, just try it, just try it. And he's, he, he has had people with him for 30, 40 years. Our field manager, Billy Dudgeon, has been with Heart Plumbing. He just had his 50th year. That's incredible. He was my dad's apprentice wow. when my dad was in the field. And so he's like, I can't let these people down. I can't tell them that they're not going to have a job, you know, in a few weeks if I decide I can't run this business anymore. And so I, I worked in the office and I went to the field and saw everybody and met everybody and just... They're just such good people. Couldn't let them down either. Right. So I still, I still don't want to let them down. So. Yeah. No. Well, we have a Dave now. So. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, it's uh, you know we're very much a, a family-oriented company. I mean that's one of our our core values. Uh, and it was interesting when we went through the exercise of kind of that that growing up as a company that y'all were talking about getting the processes in place and actually yeah. having accounting department and doing those things that you know the the as part of that for us was actually defining core values and, and yeah. doing things like that. And um, as a leadership team, we came up with, with three and we were like, hey, these, you know, I feel like these are pretty good. And, you know, we modeled them after different employees and things like that. And then we opened up to the employees and they, you know, they were like, hey, we, you missed one. Right. And so it, it was our service manager that that uh, that came up with that. And so it was, that was pretty cool. So definitely, definitely get the, uh, the family feel. So, yep. So. What, uh, you know, <clears throat> construction, luckily, in Texas was, uh, got the exemption, right, during COVID. Oh, to, God, to thank God. I don't know continue, what I would have right? done yeah, would, that, yeah, if that didn't happen. That would have been... Uh, that would have been a true nightmare. Yes. So, but it did kind of create and present all these other challenges. I mean, so do you feel like, I mean, obviously, y'all have been able to adapt and, and do different things through COVID, but now that we're kind of hopefully on the backside here moving out of it do you feel like any of the things that have happened during COVID are going to stick like do you see any changes on the job site or maybe things that y'all are doing differently you know they they had all their job site meetings were outdoors everybody tried to social distance and do everything some job sites had people at the gate that wouldn't let you in unless you they they took your temperature and all that I'm sure some of this stuff is going to stick around I I don't know exactly what but uh I wish I could say some some good things will come of it, but I just I don't know what those things are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I yeah I hear you. Um, everybody's more cautious now. I, this has been a blast. I appreciate you guys having us out here to to no label opening up the uh, the tap room here and letting us kind of try some beer and yeah. and uh, you know sharing stories about how the brewery started and the, and the company and you know I think it's it's really cool how. The brewery and and hard plumbing have kind of kind of come together, and you have this this big family feel between the two, and uh, that's awesome. Also, want to thank all of you for joining us today on this episode of Building Value, and look to see you on the next one.